Right, now I need to move into sermon mode, which is more difficult than it might appear. We are finishing off our series called Dare to, D- to Be Different, where we have looked at the small book uh, called Titus. The Bible is made up of lots of different books, written by lots of different authors, but all inspired uh, by God. And this is one letter written by a guy called Paul to a young guy called Titus, who happens to be leading a church uh, in Crete, the island of Crete. And the church has been started by Paul, but it needs sorting out, it needs straightening out. And Paul gives some various bits of advice to Titus about how he might do that. And this is advice, I believe, which is just as applicable now as it was 2,000 years ago on an island called Crete. And we're just going to read um, from Titus chapter 3, um, verses 1 to 15. This finishes off the book. I'm just wondering if I've got a Bible somewhere. The words will appear on the screen, so you're welcome to look at that. Or you might have a Bible or an app which you can use. Well, there's Bibles at the back, but it's towards the back, uh, around about Timothy area. If you can't find it, look it up at the contents. That's what I have to do sometimes. It's not in my Bible. Oh, there it is. It's only little books, it's quite difficult to find. Here we go. So this is Paul talking to Titus. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time you too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But, Avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or that one to you. Do your best to come to me and nick a pocket glory because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zinus the Lord and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us all in the faith. Grace be with you 
all. So that is the end of Paul's letter to Titus. We're just going to draw out some lessons I hope are useful to you. Uh, This week, I was watching Loose Women. Um, For research purposes only, I just had the... They've got nothing else to do during the day. So um, I was watching Loose Women and they were talking about, they were having a debate around veganism. Because some of you know, they know that um, some guidelines have been given out by the Vegan Society about how workplaces can better cater for people who are vegans. They're talking about having a separate shelf in the fridge for people who are vegan to to store their food. They're talking about um, giving them a way out so they don't have to go to work barbecues or horse racing. Um, and this came back from a ruling a few, about a month or so ago about veganism being treated just the same as any religious uh, belief. And I had this big debate on loose women about is this right or is this wrong? I don't know, has anyone tried, does anyone go into um, see the menu and try vegan foods? I've tried a couple of times. Yeah, put your hand up. Don't be proud of it. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I've been totally impressed so far, but I'll try, at least try. Has anyone actually tried going vegan for a bit? Oh, over there. Excellent. Are you a vegan? No, it's about three months. Three, that's three months is a good, a good amount of time. That's well done. See, I think we can recognise, and the loose women, they recognise that veganism is, is a good thing. It's, it's about doing good things. It's good for our environment. It's good for uh, our health. They recognise that veganism is a good thing, and quite a lot of people dip in and out and you know try. Who's, who's cut down their their meat meat a little bit? Yeah, quite a few. See, quite a few have been influenced by this. Even if you're not going totally vegan, you cut down your meat. Who's cut down their red meat significantly? Yeah, saved a bit of money. Who's even got some meals that are just vegetables? Yes, yeah, see, it's having an effect on this. This is a good thing. But the, the loose women on their debate, they had an issue with people who, in doing good actually became do-gooders. They actually, they became morally superior. You know, I, I can't believe you're eating meat. Forgetting maybe they were eating meat last week and they've changed and now they're, they're trying out this new diet. I looked up do-gooder on the um, internet and it came up with a German word called Gutmenschk. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It means good man. But it means someone who has an overwhelming wish to be good and eagerly seek approval. And this moves on to someone who was moralising and someone who was proselytising in their behaviour. So in other words, they're saying, I'm better than you because I'm doing more good things than you and I need to try and convert you to doing those good things as well. And that's where loose women took an issue with veganism. They recognised it was a good thing, but some people were taking it too far. Do you realise that just as some people view vegans like that, they view Christians like that as well? You see, Paul, in his letter, particularly in last sermon and this sermon, is saying numerous times for us to do good. He says it in chapter 2, verse 14. He says it in verse 3 and verse 7 as well. Set an example by doing goods. In this chapter we just read, verse 1, it says, do what is good. Verse 8, be devoted to doing good. Verse 14, be productive by doing good things. Paul is telling the church and the followers of Jesus Christ to do goods. But we have that issue. 
And if you wanted a title for this sermon, it would be How to Do Good Without Being a Do-Gooder. How to Do Good Without Being a Do-Gooder. And I think this passage, God, through Paul, provides Titus and us with some key ways that we can stop every now and then, reflect on what we are doing and and stop ourselves from being a do-gooder. Because people don't like do-gooders. They don't like people that try and force their way of life onto others. And that's really difficult in this context that Paul was talking about because he was asking those followers of Jesus Christ to dare to be different. That they would be different in their sexual ethics. That they would not be involved in the temple prostitution that was part of life in those days. They would be honest in their dealings. They wouldn't be lying, which was seen as a real positive thing on that island. Paul was asking them to dare to be different. But how do you be different without really annoying people? So here you go. Some filters. I don't know if you remember this lady. Some of you are a bit older. may remember this. This is Hyacinth Bouquet. Bucket woman, yes. Spelled bucket, pronounced bouquet. Um, Hyacinth Bucket lives to impress, but has no patience for people who pretend to be superior. Because it makes it so much more difficult for those of us who actually are superior. (laughs) And if you uh, watch the programme, she did her best to try and hide her family roots. She had sisters that maybe weren't quite in the same social class as she would like to pretend to be. She wanted to be superior, she wanted to be better, and she forgot her roots, she forgot who she was. I want us to go into this reflective cycle. Okay, we're doing good things. We're doing good things as a church. We're doing good things as a follower of Jesus Christ. But the first thing I think Paul wants us to do is to remember who you once were. Do not forget your past. If you're a vegan, don't forget that you once ate meat. And in this case, Paul says, don't forget that you were once, in verse 3, foolish, disobedient, Deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. That you lived in malice and envy. You were being hated and you were hating one another. Paul is saying, don't forget what you once were. And maybe you want to take out time now, just to be quiet, and think back to those times when that was you. I can clearly remember a time when I was foolish. I'm not now. Was that a laugh at me? <laughs> when you were foolish. When you, I remember a time when I was disobedient. I remember I was a time when I was deceived. I remember a time when I was enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And maybe you can too. Maybe you are in that place now. And it is so important we remember that. The devil brings these things up to condemn us, but Jesus did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. And the second filter, the first one is your past. Remember who you were and what you did. And the second thing is recognise and don't forget what God has done. 
Paul tells us that because of God's mercy, because of God's love for us, because of his kindness, because of his generosity, you have been forgiven. You have been made right. You have been washed clean. Do you know that you have been reborn? You have been renewed by the Holy Spirit poured out on you because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Do you know that you have become heirs? Do you have received the wealth of your heavenly Father in heaven in the here and now and in the future you have the hope of eternal life? And do you know what the really crazy thing is? That you have done absolutely nothing to deserve it. Quite the opposite in fact. Because at one time you were foolish. And you were disobedient. You were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasure. You lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. Why? Because God loves us. Because of his mercy and his kindness and his generosity. Do not forget who you were. But do remember what God has done for you. Do remember God's love for you. Do remember that you have done nothing to earn the right to be called an heir of of God, of our Heavenly Father. You have no right to be called a son and daughter, and yet you are, because God loves you, regardless of your past, regardless of what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are going to do. God loves you, and Christ died for you. So what should you should your proper response be? Let's do good. It's a circle. You start off with doing good, you remember who you were, you remember what God has done, and you carry on doing good. Our proper response is to treat people how you have been treated. To do good not out of moral superiority. To do God good not because you have to. To do good not because you are trying to earn people's favour or God's favour. But because God's love and God's Holy Spirit has been poured on you through Jesus Christ and is flowing out of you. So we need to go through this cycle. And we don't just do this once, because our natural inclination in life is to drift into that moral superiority. Or to get stuck in the the mire of, of, oh, aren't I terrible? Actually, we need to go through this cycle of doing good, realising our past, and realising what God has has done for us. Because we slip into being a do-gooder. We slip into trying to earn God's gift of life. And we need to ask ourselves time and time again the question is are we exhibiting in our lives the character of God? Are we exhibiting mercy? Are we showing through the way we live our lives love to people? And Jesus really challenged us. He said love your enemies. Because anyone will love their loved ones. That doesn't make us different. What makes us different is the way we treat everyone, even those people that stand against us. Do we, 
do you reflect the character of God? Because most people first meet Jesus when they meet you. Most people first meet Jesus when they meet you. So what is their first impression like of the God that you worship? A final warning that Paul throws out towards the end of his letter is just don't be put off by petty issues. As a church globally, as a church nationally, and even as a church locally, we can get caught up in what Paul calls foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law. You may remember a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, these Christians that were coming along, followers of Jesus who believed that in order to be a follower of Jesus, you had to be Jewish. Jewish in the things you ate, Jewish in the laws you kept, even Jewish in the fact that you had to be circumcised. And Paul spoke very strongly against them, not only in this letter, but in other letters as well. He has very harsh words about these people who put barriers between people and God. And once again, Paul comes back to that and says, Do not, don't you dare put a barrier between someone and God. And don't you end up drifting away from what God has called you to do as an individual and as a church, by getting yourself caught up in petty issues that in the grand scheme of things are not necessary and are not important. Are you following God's direction for your life? Are you focusing on doing good in your life? Not because you have to, but because that's what God has been to you. You have a good, good father. And we're called to be good as well. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Love God and do good. I want to give us an opportunity just to respond to this message. Also, we come to, we come to the end of this sermon series. Next week we start a new sermon series on front lines. And I want you to just give an opportunity to respond to this in the way that's appropriate for you. God may have said something for you which is completely different to someone else. I want you to give you time to respond to that. But I do want to pray for one particular group of people this morning. And those are the people that are stuck in the past. That maybe they're doing good because they feel they have to. Maybe they're trying to earn the favour of people or gods, but you are stuck in your past. You can't let go of those foolish things that you did some time ago. Or maybe those foolish things you are doing now. And we have a God who wants to release you from those. Paul says to the church in Corinth that you are a new creation. The old is gone. You are new. And yet, so often we are stuck in what we once were. So let's be quiet for a moment. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to pray. And then what I'm going to do is those who want specifically to be prayed about that issue, 
I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Everyone have their eyes shut because they'll be cry- uh, crying, praying. They might be crying. I'm just going to pray for you specifically. But let's just be quiet for a moment. Now, if you are a person who feels you're stuck in the past and unable to take into your heart the fact that God has forgiven you and released you, I just want you to raise your hand now. Lord God, I just lift up these people to you. And I just pray that for them you will change their minds. And you will change their hearts. Help them to know, not just intellectually and not just because it says in the Bible, but help them to know that you love them. That you're not just being merciful, but actually you just want to pour out your love and generosity on them. That nothing they have done and nothing they are doing and nothing they will ever do will ever stop you from loving them. That Lord God, you cherish them. You know everything about them. You know the good stuff, you know the bad stuff. And I just pray, Lord God, that you will just pour out your Holy Spirit on them that you will fill them up, that you will remove any lingering doubts, that you will remove any lies of the devil that's spoken over them, that condemns them, because you do not condemn them, you accept them. doesn't mean you don't want to change them, you want to change all of us, but you never condemn us. You love, simply love us. So I pray for them that they will not be held back, that they will not be entangled by the past, Lord God, you will free them so they can run with perseverance. They can soar like eagles. They will never grow weary. But you will sustain them by your Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ because, Lord Jesus, it's through you that this is possible. It's through you that we may be clean. It's through you that we may be a new creation. And we thank you and we worship you and we praise you. And we just pray, come Holy Spirit, come now. Create in us a clean heart. Change our minds. And help us to do good.